This week on It's Too Wordy, I'm the man wolf, but I'm still me as well. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. This is Kirk. I'm Ryan. And Nick. How we doing this week, guys? Pretty good. I'm alright. Okay. Yeah. This week we're going to be discussing Annihilation Man-Wolf number one and DCU Holiday Bash number two. Which one do we want to start with? Let's do Man-Wolf. Alright. So what do we think of Man-Wolf? I had no idea this character existed. <laughs> um, Neither did I. And I was telling Nick today at lunch, I was like, I was like, oh god, what is this? And then as the story went on, and I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm kind of digging it. I'm enjoying it. No, it was, I don't know when this was originally published. Probably 70s? I think so. But, uh... 78. 78? Yeah, with as much wording as it was in there for a character that doesn't like to talk. I'm like, okay, it's got to be 60s, 70s. But, uh, you know, kind of a cool character. I'm yeah. curious to see how he ties into Annihilation. Yeah, I'm thinking about picking up the trade paperback that all of this is supposed to be in. So, the uh, one thing that aggravated the hell out of me was uh, I've been collecting uh, Guardians of the Galaxy this year. You know, Death of Rocket and everything. And I flipped through the page, and there is Guardians of the Galaxy number one coming to you in January 2020. And Rocket is alive and dressed like Don Johnson. Well, you gotta remember, is is probably a life model decoy that died. That's how they get away with it for everything. <laughs> I'm honestly gonna tell you, it made me, I'm not gonna collect Guardians anymore. I'm like, yeah, they've had a number of relaunches. They've had, they have, and I'm like, you know, I've given them a chance every time they've relaunched. And then I get invested in the story and the characters, because it's gonna be all different characters, it looks like. I get invested, and then they're like, oh, we're done. Yeah. Yeah, so, but Man-Wolf was pretty good. I liked it. I didn't think it was horrible. I was expecting horrible, and it wasn't horrible. When I saw the cover, when I picked it up, I was like, what the hell is this? What'd you guys have me do? And then I read it last night, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> you know, and it's a true believer, so it's only a buck, so it's yeah, not like you lost a lot. That's what I told Teresa. I said, if I buy it, I'm, if I don't like it, I only spend a buck on it. Well, and I think that's the cool part is, you know, we we did this one as true believers a dollar. We've spent six, seven dollars on some of these books that, mm -hmm, that have been, have been horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> for a buck, I'm like, I think I got my money's worth on this one. You know, yep. I, for me, I'd probably say it's uh, three and a half. Yeah, I'll go three and a half. What about you, Nick? You got anything to add? So it's nice to see John Jameson not the mindless werewolf that he was in the Spider-Man books. And I've never read these when he went to... The other world? Is that what he's at? Is it? Yeah. Is he in other world? The other world. Yeah. Like Captain Britain's other world, or a different other this world? Is, I think this is other world. This is a different one. Different other world. Okay. Crazy thing. Like so, this is by George Press. He did that the art, and it oh, doesn't look like George Press. That's why I like the art. I like guess. this is like young George Perez. Yeah. This I don't know. Uh, his costume bugs me because well, yeah, it's a mix between Captain America, Iron Man, and he's got the chain link. Or the chain mesh shirt and Hawkeye. He's like the he super adaptoid, like or he's Taskmaster. He's mimic. 
He does. He looks okay. So he's he looks exactly like Taskmaster, just without the hood. <laughs> Maybe that's who Taskmaster actually is. Right. He's the man wolf. <laughs> no, it, it had really cool characters, and I really liked it. I mean, it's not something I would have read, but yeah, I wouldn't have picked this up, but I love it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. But one thing also in this Spider Man: The Black Cat Strikes. What is with her costume? It's based off of a video game. I know, but she's wearing a tank top that's going over her boobs. Oh, you want... Like, it's on, like, half of it. You want some messed up black cat stuff? I got something for you. Just wait. That's called a tease in our industry. No, it's cool. Um, John Jameson's never been a really interesting character for me, but I kind of like him now. I kind of want to read more. Yeah. So I might have to find that, that trade. So, all right. Let's move on to DCU... Holiday Bash number two. It was a meh for me. Some of the, I mean, there's like six stories in this. Yeah. And some of them I really dug. And other ones I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I love the the JSA one where they're yep. back in the 1940s. At, yeah. That and they're doing the good. USO dance. Yeah, that was pretty good. And it's James Gordon coming off the ship. Yeah. And and it's funny because in the back, there's always, you know, everybody's like, their guys are lining up for pictures with Phantom Lady. Cracks me up <laughs> so much. Like, Well, I thought the Green Lantern, Green Arrow one was pretty good. Yes, that one was good. I liked that one. It wasn't one. Ollie. It's his son, um, Connor. 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 Yeah. So he's a, a Buddhist monk type character. Yeah. So he doesn't he have the whole understanding, understanding of Christmas. Of Christmas or anything but it like was, that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's one point where they capture the bad guy in a toy box toy that box. looks like yeah, the that original pretty, uh, yeah. Transformer toy boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I, I like the Green Lantern one, and I like the JSA. The second one where Batman's chasing down the crook because he stole the stuff from the temple. Uh-huh. I thought that one wasn't horrible. No, I'm just tired of Batman. Yeah, yeah. It didn't It didn't have but, a, like a conclusion because it, it's like, okay, yeah, Batman returns with the dude that stole all the money, but they don't show it. I right. know they have like six pages, but it's like, hey, we got the money back. Yay. <laughs> where... I love the dark side one where yeah. he's trying to stop Santa from arriving <laughs> and they can't stop yeah. him. <laughs> he gives him a coal. Coal. It looks like you're a bad guy again. Uh, here's some more coal. <laughs> <laughs> Black lightning one. I didn't care for it all. I thought the art was amazing. It was amazing, but, but I couldn't tell who was who. Yeah. But yeah, um, just thought it was funny that like, here's Black lightning fighting Gang bangers. Like, yeah. he doesn't have more important crap to do. Let the cops handle this. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. The Superman one, I was like, what? I dug the Superman I one. I liked it. It just threw me off when I read it the first time. I'm like, okay. So he ends up destroying some kind of a robot of Lex's. Yeah. And he drops it off and kind of points the finger at Lex. And mm-hmm. his cape's all shredded. And he goes home to Kansas. And Santa left him a new cape. They said He says, yeah, yeah we still have the t- we still see the TV on the North Pole, and we saw what your cape looked like. So here's your new cape. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, I I forgot how some of them were pretty good. That JSA one, I thought that was Darwin Cook's art. It is not. Yeah. It's very similar, though. It's very similar. The Sergeant Rock, A Christmas Carol, that one, I tried to understand. I understood it all the way to the end, and I'm like, what in the hell just happened? <laughs> Apparently, what I got from it was he sees the ghosts of soldiers in the future. And they're still fighting the fight. So, so he saw, well, he sees one from the past. He sees one from the current, the current. and then one from the future. Mm-hmm. And then he's in a trench, 
and all of a sudden he's just running out with his guys to attack. And I'm like, right. How's this Christmas? How does that? Because I understood the ghosts. Yeah. So I understood all the way up to the point where he's yelling attack and running out. I'm like, um, that would seem like a quick way to die. <laughs> like, like, what are you trying to prove the ghosts wrong? What are you doing here? The old lane one with Nightwing mm-hmm. and Barb. I don't think Barb. I, read, I, I didn't read that one. That one was really good. I like that. It? Yeah. He has kind of a date with Barbara up on the roof and she's giving him crap and saying, you know, you were late. And he's like, we didn't even have plans for me to show up. And she's like, yeah, but you always do it any other year. And when she goes back inside, he somehow had left a street sign in her room talking, you know, that has some kind of memory for her. Yeah, and that that was it. I, I thought this was actually pretty decent. I Usually I don't get real excited about the holiday books because feels like you can only read them once a year kind of like yeah. watching christmas vacation you know i still have to watch it i haven't watched it yet for me i i don't want anything christmas until black friday to black friday i don't want to yeah it has and to then, be after thanksgiving yeah give me past thanksgiving and then i can do christmas yeah and this one did have that holiday feel to it but it was entertaining enough and good enough stories the art was amazing throughout yeah the art was really good um some of the stories were hit and miss but for the yep. most part i thought it was actually a pretty decent read yeah what'd you think nick yeah I, when i pulled that out of the bag and i was like god damn it how long is this book it was thick it's it's, it's a big book it's and i was a just thick like book. Oh, i have problems getting things read anyway and it went fast that's what i appreciate it went fast and it was good so i liked uh, about three quarters of it so okay you yeah. can't for an anthology, you know, it's, you can't really yeah. be a 100% for everything. So, no, right. no. it was cool. I no. liked it. All, All right. right. Who do we have for our D-lister this week, Ryan? Well, I went ahead and went with Manwolf. Nice. Because <laughs> he is kind of a D-lister. <laughs> so, Manwolf actually had a series called Creatures on the Loose that ran from 30 to 37, where he was the main character. I. Did not find a first appearance. Uh, all the sites I looked at didn't really go into it. We talked more about it being Jameson's kid than like the first appearance of the actual man wolf. So he was possessed with superhuman strength, agility, speed, durability, accelerated healing factor, a heightened sense or in heightened senses. He also had razor sharp teeth and claws to use as weapons. Sounds very familiar, almost like a Wolverine type. His level of strength and intelligence varied according to the phases of the moon, and he's not a traditional supernatural werewolf because he is invulnerable to silver and weapons. As far as getting any details about any like stories on the on him or anything, there was nothing because it all went back to Jameson, and I really didn't want to get into Jameson. I wanted to focus on yeah Manwolf, so that's what I got. Awesome. So what do we got going on at the shop? I had to think about it for a second, how the show goes. <laughs> so, uh, they had the big reveal of the Omaha collection this last weekend. And it looked like attendance was pretty solid. And now those books are going to be up on the block for sale. A lot of fantastic stuff out there. Uh, I know they were trying to grunt, get sell them by runs and such. And I think there's quite a bit of interest in some of those. So, hopefully that will do well. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in any of those books that I listed last week, feel free to call and contact Krypton and uh, talk to him about it. Yeah, I think I want to pick up a giant size X-Men number one. Just don't tell my wife I remortgaged our house. <laughs> and car. And car. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
otherwise, you know, if you're still lacking in the Christmas gift area for us comic book nerds, definitely a place to go check out. And, uh, you know, if you don't know what they want, get them a gift card. That's always a handy dandy thing to give them so they can pick up whatever they want to get. That's about it for the shop this week. All right. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. The Random Reads. So this week I picked up Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality. I have been a big fan. This is the only Spider-Man book I've been a big fan of this uh, this year so far lately. The one that he had over the summer where he took on Mysterio was really awesome. A funny story. I had my daughter read The Symbiote Spider-Man and she had never seen Far From Home. And over Thanksgiving, we watched Far From Home over at my mom's house. I haven't seen it yet either. Okay. And she looks at me and she goes, Mysterio's a good guy in the beginning, right? And she's like, is he, is he a bad guy? I said, oh, my daughter's learning. <laughs> and she, she actually paid attention to the book she read, right? So it's like, very good, you know? I said, shh, just, just continue to watch. I know you already know what's going to happen, but continue to watch. So this one is based around Hobgoblin, and it's called Alien Reality, and it has Doctor Strange and um, Black Widow. There's something that crashes to Earth, and the Russians are trying to figure it out, and you know it's pretty bad news if Doctor Strange is showing up. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, you can you can deal with this. Uh, I'm going to go fight uh, supervillains or something with the Avengers. <laughs> And then you skip to Spidey's fighting Craven in an airport, and all of a sudden, Craven, he's got Craven on the run, and Craven's like, "Why aren't you moving like your normal self? You're, you're, you're not, you're not Spidey. You're not Spider-Man." Because it happened in the other one where the suit took over, and he just blacked out and didn't know what was going on. Okay. And then all of a sudden he comes through and Craven and him are partners in crime. They fight crime together, right? And I'm like, what the shit is this? Okay? And Spidey's going, what the shit is this? Because he's trying to beat up Craven. They figure, Craven tells them we bet we're, we're crime fighting partners. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? It just seemed really weird that Craven was an ally. And then the spider buggy, Woo-hoo! the spider mobile makes a an appearance and he's like oh god i can't get rid of this thing right and he's taken off and he goes up and he sees the black uh black cat up on top of the roof right so he goes up there and he's like felicia thank god i felicia and here's that teaser that i was giving you the black cat is natasha romanoff and they're lovers huh and i'm going uh what what's going on because I was like, I thought it was not Na- Harding. Um, Mary Jane oh. at first, because it's redhead, the way they draw. Right. And I thought it w- it doesn't look like Black Widow. It looks like Mary Jane. Yeah, she doesn't have any guns. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's like, wait, this is wrong, right? And this, the uh, spider buggy, spider mobile gets repoed, and he's like, oh, well, it'll find its way back to me. It always does, right? <laughs> So he goes to see Doctor Strange to find out what's going on, and he says, I need to talk to the, uh, the uh, 
the supreme the sorcerer supreme about this and the hobgoblin reveals himself to be the sorceress sorcerer supreme okay so i kind of caught the drift of what this book is going to be this this series is going to be about it's hobgoblins and spidey's last bout is what hobgoblin keeps saying it's going to be our last fight and he's created this other world for spider-man to try to figure out what's going on and you get to see him on his sled and everything and i'm like oh it's how long has it been since hobgoblin's been in a book it's been a long time i can't remember how i haven't seen him in books for a while i'll read spider-man frequently enough to know i i he's one of my favorite villains that's why i was like okay i'll give it a shot when i saw it was hobgoblin on the cover uh hobby defeats him but Spider-Man gets away, and he see the spider buggy found its way back to to Spider-Man, <laughs> and Hobgoblin turns it into a kid's toy and gives it to kids, and Spider-Man gets away. Hobgoblin's like, you think you can hide from me? I'll find you, right? And then Doctor Strange shows up at the end, saying, hmm. we're going to figure this out. So I wasn't sure how, now that I've gone through and I talked about it, and I'm like, you know, this actually sounds like it's going to be a fun story. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. So I want to see how it plays out. So it's good for arts. Fantastic. It's the same guy who did the previous symbiote book. And it's Peter David again. So that'll be pretty good then. Yep. I uh, I give this a four. Wow. All right. Which I wasn't expecting to give it a four because I was kind of not sure how it was going to go. And the second book I read for this week is a book that Ryan recommended when we were at the Comic-Con where you buy, you know, 20 books for $5, right? And he just kept giving me books. So (laughs) (laughs) I picked up, this is Dreamwave, uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe, and I'm not sure if this is a regular number one or if it's just a, I can't remember. And it doesn't really tell you in here, so... I think this is the first one. Let's see. So the Marvel one was the original G.I. Joe Transformers. And then this was the first one. Not by Marvel. Yeah. Okay. So starts out with Flint leading a a mission. And it's got the Joes. And it's got everybody's favorite shipwreck. And shipwreck is a dumbass. And punches Destro Mm -hmm. in the face. And breaks his hand. And Flint is just talking shit incessantly to him, right? They're bantering back and forth. All of a sudden, they think they have Cobra on the run, and they pull out the... the Trouble bubbles! The trouble bubbles, yeah, or whatever they're called. I always wanted the toy as a kid. This is one of the toys I always wanted to get, and I never got it. And they get defeated. Um, There's only one, as Ryan put it, trouble bubble left. And one of the Cobra guys is trying to steal it from Destro and Scrap Iron. Yeah. Yeah. Knocks the Cobra guy out. Destro gets on and he's like, I'll get out on one of the water moccasins, which is one of my favorite toys because I had it. And Destro's like, no, they blocked the waterways, jump on. So they leave and it goes to G.I. Joe base and Flint's getting ripped apart because he's a loser. He's no no Nathaniel whoever. Who the frick is Nathaniel? Nathaniel never gave apologies. Duke. Is that Duke? I think it's Duke. So poor Flint's in Duke's shadow, huh? He's getting duked on. 
and then it shows um it looks like the decepticons are crashing to earth cobra finds out about it and they're going to try to steal the whatever it is and starscream shows up and he's like thank god i got rid of that ancient body and upgraded to this and i always liked starscream i always thought he got the raw end of the deal he played a very good secondary villain. He did. He 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 did. And having a very bro moment with Shipwreck and Flint. They're working out and Shipwreck's talking junk to him the whole time and they get called to a mission and I like how Snake Eyes is cleaning his cleaning sword. that <laughs> massive katana or whatever type of sword that is. I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a huge sword there, Snake Eyes." And it looks like they got Snake Eyes airtight and Bazooka is true to the co- the the cartoon, dumber than a box of rocks. They got Doc, and this is where you meet Cover Girl, Alpine, and uh, Barbecue, and Spirit. And for some reason, Spirit and Flint and the others haven't seen each other in a long time. I hadn't quite pieced that together yet. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read this one. Um, Cobra ambushes them and they have a battle and they find out what the hell um cobra was after and it's blaster blaster it was blaster and the joes are like oh crap let's uh let's get this hidden before everybody finds out so and then they're talking to duke and it shows that they've been the transform the decepticons have been here since world war ii i was like Okay, now I gotta find number two. I got I gotta find the rest of this. I think Dreamwave probably captured the Joes the best after Marvel did. Um now obviously that's not in continuity because Doc's dead. Yeah. Um I think Quick Kick was in here too, if I remember. Yeah, yeah Quick, Quick Kick's Kick, gone. Quick Kick was in the beginning. So um they jumped away from the continuity of Marvel. But uh, capturing the characters and using somebody besides Scarlet in Roadblock constantly yes. was a nice It was a nice touch. touch. You got to see Airtight and Barbecue and oh yeah, all these other jo- like the B-Joes. Yeah. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, it's fine storytelling. I want to find more. This was a five because these were my two favorite cartoons growing up. And it combined both of them. So, yeah, it's a five. Artwork was phenomenal. The storytelling was phenomenal. Was that Pat Lee? Yes. And they do a tribute to Larry Hama at the beginning of the book. There's like a little dedicated to Larry Hama down in the credits. Every book needs to do that because there would be no G.I. Joe without him. So I thought that was a nice touch, and it was really good, and I highly recommend anybody read this. Cause if you're a Transformer G.I. Joe fan, even if you're not, it's phenomenal. All right. That's all cool. I got this week. It was a good reading week. So if you guys have been watching our Twitter, you know that I found probably one of the biggest holy grails for my collection. I found the entire run of Fright Night from Now Comics. Um, I started buying these when I was in seventh grade, and I traded them off probably for something stupid. I don't know what. It's probably like some Spider-Man cover that was in, who knows, that I liked. First appearance of Barbie in the comics? It might have been. <laughs> it's something stupid. You know, I, I traded Punisher War Journal number one for an issue of Spider-Man that had a photo cover. I, I like know which cover. one you're talking about. Right. <laughs> so, 
I was like, holy crap, they're going to make a movie, right? They never made that movie. Nothing but it was the guy it. that they hired to be in the movie. But yeah, they never came with that. So I probably traded this for something stupid. First two issues of Friday Night are the movie. So if you want to reread the, their interpretation of the movie, eh, don't worry about it. Then it goes weird. Then it's uh, a Monster of the Week scenario, right? And just finding the stories of like the crazy adventures that they get into. Like squid monsters. They go to a squid fair and they get attacked by <laughs> that's awesome. a giant squid <laughs> who eats people. And there's another squid that's fighting that guy. That's and awesome. They have a fair that has a squid that will eat people. No, he comes out of the water. Like, oh, there's okay. a squid fair. Like, like, oh, a, like okay. I thought that you, you, you know, people were making squid and the squid comes up and is like eating people like, oh, that's my catch of the day. Right. And he's just eating people. Okay. I got you. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Still so, awesome, so that's though. the fourth issue. And the third issue is a bunch of brain bats from outer space come down and they attach to your head and they make you walk around and do stuff for them. And they're looking to build a ship if you get off the planet. So like DC's equivalent of Starro? Yes. Okay. But these guys will burrow into your brain and kill you and then they'll just take off. And yeah, it it's a goofy series, but it's it's kind of fun to track down. So... I've never seen Fright Night. This is just like Twilight Zone on steroids. Yes. Um, isn't the first movie like a vampire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in the in the movie, Charlie, he has a, a vampire moves next door. And he, he sees like people going in the house and never coming out. Mm-hmm. He goes and he's like, oh, well, who can, who can I call for help? He goes to the cops and they can't help him because they're like, you're just a stupid kid. So he goes to a TV horror host named Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent is like, no, I'm just an actor. I'm an actor. This is stupid. Uh, he's like, just come with me and I'll prove it that this guy's a vampire. And so they go to the house and they trick Charlie. That they're like, well, we'll just put tap water in the holy water. He'll never know. This is just for this is guy's not a vampire. So they trick Charlie. He's like, oh, so you're not a vampire. Peter Vincent's face goes white and he walks out of the house because he's holding a mirror and the vampire has no reflection. And so it just ends like they have to fight the vampire. Just a 17-year-old kid and an old man. Huh. Okay. And there's an awesome character named Evil Ed in it. Oh, he's he's awesome. He's my favorite. Like, I uh, I bug Sophie because he's always like, you're so cool, Brewster. And I tell that to my daughter. You're so cool, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, these are, these are really fun. Um, I did not realize that there were like eight or nine bucks online each. Wow! And so you got a smoke. I got all of them for like twenty five bucks. You got a smoking deal. Yeah, nice. And, and I've been searching for them since seventh grade. And I went into the the local comic shop, and they had a full run box, and I've never looked in it before. And I pulled up the first one, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I pulled it up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I was like, "Well, what should I put back? <laughs> should I put back the the graphic novel I'm buying? Nope, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a live copy of it. So." So he was like, it's only $8, just get that, and then get this. And I'm like, ah, oh, sweet. So, yeah, if you can find it, if you want to read them. Yeah, I'd watch I'd... the movie first, because I never watched the movie, and I yeah. read this. And then I was like, there's a movie? And All right, cool. Watch that movie like 80 yeah, times. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. Oh, man. I used to fall asleep. I can fall asleep to it in like 30 seconds, because I've seen it so many times. I'm just like, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Great find. I was like. So I'd probably be the same way if I found a Holy Grail collection that I'm looking for. Oh my god! Oh my god, I found it! Alright, 
So I stumbled across Kid and Play number one. Now this is a are, were they a rap group? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I don't remember movie. listening to anything. And, and they, you never watched House Party? No. They did the movies, the House Party movies yeah. as well. No, I knew they so. were involved in House Party. Never saw. I no. maybe saw like two minutes of it on television. That's where uh, that's where Martin Lawrence got his start was in those movies. But um, it's, we're dating ourselves here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Kid and Play are getting bullied. And they go to a karate class and to learn self-defense. And they sign a contract and the karate teacher shows up at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday. And it's like, yo, yeah, you got to go out and run a mile. They're like, we didn't sign up for that. No, you did. It's in the contract. It says I can wake you up one Saturday every month to make you go out and run and do all this stuff. And they think they're getting better at it. And, you know, they're getting excited about it. And they get into another brawl. And they're actually starting to defend themselves a little bit. They're like, "Hey, this is working out, fantastic! I'm gonna, we're gonna keep on taking it." And they're like, and the guy goes, "Oh yeah, we got. We're at the point we're at now." The instructor, he's like, "The point we're at now, you need to go and start training with this other dude." Well, the other dude happens to be the guy that beat the crap out of him to begin with. So they're quick little one shots. It was a fun read. Uh, I wish I knew more about the characters because I never listened to them. I couldn't tell you a song they sang. I knew they were popular, and I think I learned a dance move in the late eighties yeah, by had watching a dance them. Move they had like the, I learned that dance move from watching them. I think, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was kind of a fun pickup. If you can find it cheap, check it out. Nick gave me one mysterious suspense uh, return of the question. So he handed this to me last recording, and I got halfway through it before we even started recording uh, because it was so interesting, and. I dug this. I like all things qu- the question. He's a great detective. Batman? Batman. What Batman should be? Yes. <laughs> As we keep saying on here. Repeatedly, so forgive me. But this kind of took it more from Vic Savage's angle. So it starts off, the question sees that this guy, this big sponsor, is um, in with this mob guy, and but he can't prove it. He doesn't know what's actually happening. He kind of just sees it happening through a window. And... So this big sponsor comes and says, hey, you know what? I, I want to sponsor your radio program or your TV show. And he's like, um, no, I'm not going to do that. You gave me the right to be able to turn down sponsors. I'm not going to take this sponsorship. Because he knew something was shady was going on. And it irritated the big sponsor. So he kind of, he put out a basically kind of like a hit on him by saying, if anybody can get this guy off the air, I'll give you a so much money or whatever. And so the owner of the station said, okay, you have two weeks to prove this guy is up to no good. And then if you don't, you're out the door because it's, he's pulling, helping pull away other sponsors. And, um, so it was kind of more from Vic Savage. There's, uh, it's Vic Sage, right? It's Vic Sage. Uh, Vic Sage's point of view than the questions point of view, but you're seeing all the ways the question kind of does things. But only Vic Sage's way. And he kept on telling his staff, he's like, you don't owe me anything. You can leave. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But if you're staying with me, you need to tell me why you're staying with me. And it better be a good reason. And, you know, so it's kind of a good, you know, they're trying to puzzle away at how to catch the guy. And in the end, they do catch the guy. And he's able to save his job. Fun story. But, so yeah. thank you for that. So what do you think about the art? The old Steve Ditko stuff? It was good. Yeah. I, I, I dug it. Yeah, it's it, 
It is thick, though. It is a oh. big thing. Yeah, it's thick. I mean, it was probably it's probably still what twenty two pages or something like that. But it there was just it's like reading a dictionary on each page. It's, it's, it's just, just wall of text. It is on every page. Yep. Yeah, it, oh, it was, that part was tough, but I did really enjoy it. It was Charlton Comics, mm-hmm. so that it was great. I really dug it. Then I read one called Evident Evangel Evangel. Evangeline? Evangeline. 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 Yeah, it's because it's a name like... Guns of Mars, written by uh, Charles Dixon and Judith Hunt. Another one of these books that I picked up at the Comic-Con, 50 books for 20 bucks. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a run. The art was fantastic in this. How was the story? I dug it. Okay. I really dug it. It reminded me a little bit of Rey from Star Wars at the beginning when she's a junk collector kind of thing. Okay. But this came out way before that, obviously. Yeah. 84. So um, they're on Mars, and she's goes into this cantina thing, and she sees this guy playing this other guy in, like, a table arcade. And the one dude says, blame, calls the other guy a cheater and is about to kill him. And she stands up and is like, oh, you're Johnny Black. And he's like, yeah, and she kills him. And <laughs> so the other guy's like, yeah, I got nothing going on. I'm just going to tag along with you. So they <laughs> they go into the city and Johnny Black's gang starts chasing them down across Mars. And um, they stop at an old mission and it's kind of a flashback and they end up, the gang ended up killing everybody in the mission. Nuns and kids, everything. And um, so they're driving across Mars and the gang chase, is chasing them because he killed, she killed Johnny Black. She has the other guy take over driving and she jumps out of the car and just starts blowing them all up with her guns and they get into the city and she's trying to track down another guy. So she's almost like a bounty hunter at this point. Yeah. And she ends up taking all them out and the guy shows up and helps her because somebody had the draw on her and this other guy shows up and they never gave him a name. So I can't tell you the name, but uh, they shot him. And he's like, I can finally get off Mars. You know, I want to go back home. I came here to try to find work. There's no work. So I I need to just go back home and get off Mars. I just don't have a way to do it. And so they end up talking a little bit. And she ends up getting some information on where the final guy is. And goes up to his room. And he's like, I'm going to give you a drink. And he drugs the drink. Well, she doesn't drink any of it. But he ends up dying. And she and he's like, how did, before he dies, he's like, how did you poison me? And she goes, oh, I poisoned all the al- drinks in here. I just, so I knew not to drink anything. I didn't know what you were going to drink. So I chose not to drink anything. Never enter into a game of death with a Sicilian. And she, and he goes, <laughs> who are you? And he, she goes, well, you're the one that bought the land where the mission was and ha- hired all those people to get killed or hired the gang to kill these people. She goes, I was one of the nuns that worked there and I left for that day. And that's the day you end up killing all my sisters and the kids. And now I've gotten my revenge and she puts on her nun habit and is taking off. And the final page shows that um, the guy that was helping her gave her a first class ticket to go back home. Well, that's not very godly. This book was so much fun and the art was amazing. I couldn't believe I'm like, oh, this is great. I dig this. All right. I know we just did Turtle Month. However, I did pick up a book called Eureka by Radio Comics. 
you get halfway through before you even find out who Eureka is. Is that the Eureka moment? It was. Eureka! I I figured it out! But it starts off where a scientist is flying into this lab, and they're all animals, by the way. And uh, these bad guys are trying to take down this helicopter, so this dog is shooting back at these other helicopters and takes them out. They land to drop off the scientist and come to find out that there's this top secret mission that they're working on. And the scientist that showed up was to kind of make sure the funding for this project was going right. And then they jump over to Eureka, who I think is a skunk, but it's hard to tell because it's all black and white. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this fox next to her. And the foxes, um, they're both captured by these guys and they do a flashback and she was supposed to get this next easy mission and found out it was given to somebody else. And she got stuck with this mission where she has to go protect some nobody. We find out the nobody is like this huge scientific mind that just developed something. And he's just going on this trip to go get away from everything. And it leaves off at the very end where you, it they show a helicopter coming in and they're running and it just leaves it at that. There's no words that say the end or continued or anything. You have no idea what's happening. It felt very um, anticlimactic because you're expecting at least something to blow up and, oh, did she make it? Did she not? Yeah, you don't know, but that was fun. All right. Now the most epic random read ever in random read history. It's better be a good one. Oh, it's amazing. It's a book called Random Read. It's, yeah, it's a it's called Random Read. <laughs> it is the special holiday package from New Kids <laughs> on the Block. <laughs> Issue four. So he wasn't lying when he said we will never be able to top it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Oh my god. Where did you find that at? Oh, this is fantastic. So I stopped in the shop Thursday night. My son's birthday was on Friday. I had to pick something up for him. And I happen to walk in. I look on the counter and there is nine new kids on the block books. So I go, what are we charging on those? And the guy looks at me. He's like, you're kidding. You don't want these. I'm like, yeah, I do. Was it a quarter? He goes, well, we were going to put them on eBay and sell them. But he goes, they'll sit out there forever. Here, you can just have them. So I got nine new kid on the block comic books for free. Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Donnie. Call me Donnie. Call me Donnie. You can cut that out. Nope. (laughs) This was at the height of the New Kids. This is early 90s. That's what Jenny McCarthy said. Um, It was their Christmas issue. It wasn't horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So it starts off, they have a day off, and they're all dressed as Santas because they're going to go do something. And they go to see if the costumes are warm, so they step outside and all the girls see them. And they start chasing them, so they hop into this building where they thought it was abandoned, but or uh, to the shop, excuse me. And uh, a lady's there, like, "Oh, my help's here! Great! Can you? We're going to go deliver this tree and these Christmas goodies to this uh, house." And she's not getting all excited because she's blind, so she has no idea who these guys are. And so they're delivering this Christmas tree and everything to this house, and they're like, "This house looks like it's abandoned." She's like, "I know what it looks like, but..." somebody's in here because she's like, my senses are a little bit more heightened, heightened because I'm blind and I know somebody's living here. Well, they're setting everything up and they 
find a couple of albums and they're the new kids on the block albums. And they're like, Oh, the, whoever's living here is a fan of the new kids on the block, but the people wouldn't come out. So they started singing step by step. Apparently that's all they sing in this comic book because I've read three of them and all they ever sing is step by step. No hanging tough. I just, I come on. Everybody knows hanging tough is far superior to step by step. Yeah. And then Joey McIntyre singing, please don't go girl. That's a good one too. It's a comics code book. They couldn't use the word hanging. Oh, Oh. probably (laughs) that would explain it. But, uh, (laughs) so, and these two kids come running out and they're like, Oh, you're our favorite band. And, uh, this mom and dad come out and they're like, yeah, I lost my job. So the, the parents said they, they lost their job. They're trying to find, get back on their feet and they just needed a place to stay. They thought they were going to get evicted and they're like, Oh no, 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 not at all. And they just celebrate Christmas. And then there's a couple other stories in here where the new kids on the block trick their fans into being lookalikes at the new kids on the block, uh, party. And they're wandering around, and the super fans try to figure out that they're keeps on saying, "Oh, the, this is the real new kids on the block," but they actually did a recording and did a video, made it look like they were on a, you know, in a jungle somewhere, and so it threw off the super fan. They did a night before Christmas story in here. Basically, they made Joe a moron. Danny was clearly the um, supposed to be the hot one. Jordan and John didn't say much. And Donnie had the rat tail the whole series. So you can't beat the price on this new kids on the block. Well, you got it for free. No, you can't. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. I did enjoy this. We're never going to top it. Nick. No matter what <laughs> we find, we're never going to top it. Oh, I forgot those existed, mm. but now read, it's on. Now it's on. Now it's on. We got to find something to top that. I read the first issue and I couldn't believe, I mean, it, all the ads were just advertising New Kids on the Block posters and New Kids on the Block membership. Actually, in here, for a limited time only, you could be the New Kids on the Block Gold member for $67.50, and you would receive all 60 New Kids on the Block books, all five New Kids on the Block book titles, and save uh, big money off the newsstand. You get a welcome letter from the New Kids on the Block, a Christmas card from New Kids on the Block, a New Kids on the Block comic poster, and a VIP gold card membership with special future privileges for sixty-seven fifty. Oh my God! Sign and me up. oh, it's oh God. He's not my favorite, but you know that's uh, that's Jordan. Knight. Yeah, that's Jordan. You get pinups. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. I okay. Now I got to find something. Oh, you guys, I really wanted to text you and tell you after the Fright Night thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got you beat. <laughs> I got you beat and there, Nick. I'm like, okay, I got to hold off. I got to <laughs> hold off. I got in here early, took it out first thing, hid it underneath everything else, so you didn't see it coming. <laughs> well, our show has officially gotten a new kid's comic book review. There we go. On it. Hmm. I wonder what I can find. All right. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be hard to kind of top the rest yeah. of the episode so let's move on to the list this week was top 10 movies based on comic books now i'm a little upset because i spent a lot of time researching this to see how many of these i'd actually seen right because there's a bunch and i had the 10 and then i had like two pages of honorable mentions 
So I left my uh, my notes at work, so I had to redo it last night at 11 o'clock, and it's not the same list. All right, so number 10. So I did it based off of movies that I have watched multiple times that are good enough that I could watch them again. All right. So number 10, Batman Begins. Number 9, Deadpool, which he wasn't on my first list, but I couldn't remember who I put there. Number 8, Wonder Woman. Number 7, The Crow. Number six, Aquaman. Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, Logan. Number three, Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Number two, Thor Ragnarok, because nothing beats him fighting demons and everybody to Led Zeppelin immigrant song. Nothing will ever top that. And my number one, because my wife always comments when we watch it, that I stopped breathing and I was squeezing her hand so tight. It's Nick Fury, isn't it? It's Captain America, Winter Soldier is my all-time favorite comic book movie. Well, good list. On your left. On your left is my all-time favorite. All-time favorite. All right, Nick. I'm going to go the same way that you did, Kirk. Um, Like the ones I can watch the most. Huge list. But, you know, back in the 90s, we were, like, scrounging for movies, and The Punisher was like, oh, my God, there's a Punisher movie? The Dolph Lundgren Punisher. There's a uh, Mark Salinger Captain America? Yep. Oh, I can't wait for that to come out. And the Fantastic Four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy! And the Justice League of America pilot? Yes. I bought a copy of that. It's down there. Literally. It's on VHS. <laughs> okay, so, now that you know how old I am, um, number 10, Kingsman. Number 9, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Number eight, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Number seven, Batman Begins. Number six, Captain America Winter Soldier. Number five, Josie and the Pussycats. Number four, Men in Black. Number three, The Captain Mar- the Adventures of Captain Marvel serial from the 40s. It's amazing. God, the, the special effects. Number one, number two, Dread. And number one, The Rocketeer. So I don't have Scott Pilgrim on my list, but that is an amazing movie. I absolutely love that movie. Do we want to talk about like honorable mentions when we're yeah, done? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Because I got like a few. <clears throat> All right. Number 10, Howard the Duck. Nice. Nine, The Original Avengers. Eight, Green Lantern. I was going to put that on my list. I didn't think you'd put it on yours. Well, he's come to love it. I do enjoy it now, but I still have some issues with it, but I do enjoy it. All right. Seven, uh, Captain America Civil War. Six is Captain America Winter Soldier. Five, Amazing Spider-Man. I loved Andrew Garfield in that series, in his two movies. I thought he did a really good the job. First, the first one was really good. I didn't see the second. I haven't seen the second one yet. Four, The Incredible Hulk with, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Ed, Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Three, Avengers Endgame. Two, Dark Knight, and one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I dug that. That's what was on my list. Instead of Deadpool, it was supposed to be Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, so mine, my honorable mentions were Unbreakable, Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton, because I liked that one the best, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame. I just don't see myself sitting through Avengers Endgame. We tried the other night, and I was like, you know. Though the one that was like, can I put, should I put this on the list was Incredible Hulk. And I'm like, no, because Edward Norton basically shot himself in the foot and ruined the chance of him ever being in the, in the MCU. 
Yeah, he did, but boy, he did a fantastic he did. job. That and was I the loved only it. Hulk that I remember reading where the they went back and forth with the colors. Was it like Mr. Green and Mr. Mr. Blue? Blue. Yeah. I thought that would I dug that so much because it's more focused on Banner and not Hulk. Yeah. And when they brought that to life with Norton, like, oh yeah, this is fantastic. This is awesome. This is great. Yeah. That that's the one that I was like, hey, can I put it on there? Okay, I'll, I'll put it at number 11. And then the other one was Far From Home. I love that movie. It's a fun Spider-Man popcorn movie. Good. All right. It's enjoyable. What about you, Nick? Oh, there's just too much. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to even... I just wanted to mention... <laughs> I just want. I didn't know you were going to have Incredible Hulk on your list. Yeah. And I just wanted to make mention that that was one of my yeah. ones. And Green Lantern was on that honorable mentions, too. Yeah, I've, it's one of those that it's kind of grown on me quite a bit. First time I saw it, I had a lot of problems with it. I haven't watched it since I got made fun of, so not by you, by somebody else. I remember seeing the sneak preview on June 15th, 2011 at 3 o'clock at uh, the theater down in um, Exarban Village. Which movie? Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Yep. I got all the swag from it. I got the Green Lantern bag and all eight posters and... Oh, it was my first 3D movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to see that one in 3D. But uh, it's a little rough going. I think that should have been three movies instead of one. They tried to cram too much into it. They, I think they could have put it. it, it watch, I'm going to watch it again to see what you guys are talking about. But yeah, I think it could be. I think they could have gone easily with more training for Hal. And he fight Hector Hammond while you see Parallax coming. And then... Have him fight Parallax. Have him fight Parallax, either in the second one or the third one, and Sinestro vice versa. Yeah. Um, they could have easily done that and shown his development over the fact that he had, like, in the movie, what, 10 minutes of training with Kilowog, and then he's like, yeah. yep, can take on the world, let's go! Mm-hmm. And it, so. I will also say that I like Justice League. I thought Justice League was good. I was, I got, I, we we rented it or did no we checked it out from the library and i sat down and i'm like okay i'm gonna hate this movie and i sat there and i was like why does everybody hate this movie i think that's what helped me because so many people complained about it my expectations were low so when i watched it i'm like this isn't actually bad i didn't mind it i was like why 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 do we hate this movie but yeah the only thing that threw me off in that one was that aquaman called his mom a deserter and all of that because it came out before Aquaman, right? Aquaman, but anyway. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. You know, Men in Black, The Crow, thought about Wonder Woman and Aquaman because I thought those were really good. Marvel's got so many great ones. You know, even the first Fantastic Four I didn't think was absolutely horrible. I liked Chris Evans playing the character. I liked Jessica Alba playing Invisible Woman. The thing looked like crap, but, you know, okay. He's looked like crap for... I didn't care for the guy that was playing Fan- Mr. Fantastic. Uh, you know, I thought the guy that even played Doom wasn't horrible. No. You know, was it great? Absolutely not. But I, th- I thought it was decent. You know, there, there's just so many of them out there, like Nick's saying, that it's just... Yeah. I mean, Ghost Rider. The first X-Men. Wasn't great. Uh, there's a lot of great X-Men ones. The first X-Men. Uh, X-Men 2, I think, was probably the best one, in my opinion. But, you know... I and just I, I liked first class. 
it had some some it had some problems problems, but I love yeah. first class. Yeah, yeah. No, I there's a lot of great ones out there. I kind of went with the ones that I just enjoyed the most, mm-hmm. and I would sit down and watch yeah. over and over and over. So, and we pretty much had different lists too. Yeah, like so. like when we were growing up, we had incredible Hulk TV movies, um, yep. horrible TV shows. So next week, this is my idea. Okay. Top 10 TV shows based on comics. If we're doing movies, we got to do TV. And then we could do top 10 cartoons based on comics. I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? I had read an article about something and I completely forgot what I read. So I don't have anything. Anybody else? I did, but I don't remember what it is. It's that kind it's of week. Yeah. Like, that kind of week. Oh, that's really, yeah. No, I don't remember. How about you, Ryan? I'm off the stump town train. Are you? Did it go over the the shark? It jumped the shark. The last episode, I just saw the preview of what was coming up. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. And I turned it to something else. It was more about her relationships with people and who she's actually dating and all that. I'm like, she's a detective. Get away from the stupid love triangle crap and get back to the detective. So I'm sure there's probably some detective elements to that episode, but when the primary focus was the love triangle stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. It's done. I will say I'm looking forward to January when it's, I'm not doing anything on the weekends, but watching TV or reading comic books. It's been a very busy last couple of months and I'm ready to jump off the train. Yeah, it'd be nice when the holidays are over. Yep. Yep. Just be like, ugh, done. Yeah, otherwise I don't got nothing. Okay, well, uh, that'll do it for this week have fun read more comics it's been kirk ryan and nick see you later bye-bye Bye. Yeah.